the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and as a podcast. I am Chris Murray, your host. Thanks so much for uh, being with us. Hope your weekend's going well. Good program for you today. Some interesting top stories, economic data. And joining me, uh, Mr. Simon Hankinson. And uh, he is a, a expert on border security and immigration. And we're going to be talking about, um, of course, our border our southern border in particular, but also what's going on, what's going on uh, down in Latin America, the, the politics and the decisions, and why and how does it impact us here in the United States of America. All that coming up in, uh, in just a couple minutes. Well, the uh, latest update on these companies that um, just don't get it when it comes to knowing their customer and really just doing the right thing um, as opposed to uh, trying to put a, you know, a, a round peg in a square hole um, with uh, some of the nonsense as far as marketing. Here's the hard numbers. People can say, oh, it's not a big deal, and um, these companies are going to be fine. They're doing the right thing. Um, like I said, here's the hard numbers. Target experienced a serious sales downturn in the second quarter, and that was because of consumer backlash from their pride and transgender merchandise, period. The numbers tell the story. So people can lie and to your face, which we still see them doing every day on TV, um, but the numbers are the numbers. Their comparable sales were down 5.4% um, and 4.9% lower than the uh, same time last year. Okay, you're talking about Target, a massive retailer uh, in the world. Then, you know, what we see is the CEO on the earnings call in in one uh, way admitting that their pride collection had a material impact on sales and they are going to navigate an ever-changing operating and social environment. We are applying what we learned. Um, I don't, I don't, I can't believe this guy's still the CEO. Uh, I mean, I guess I can because it's Target, but um, you look at Target and, uh, you know, Anheuser-Busch, InBev, and why more people haven't lost their jobs um, is mind-boggling. But, um, you know, the, the backlash from people that would have been shopping at Target over this stupid merchandise, including tuck-friendly swimsuits, I mean, that'll make you vomit. On top of that, many, I, I haven't gone in a, Target store for ages um, once they stopped letting the uh, Salvation Army ring the bell like 10 or 12 years ago, whenever that was, maybe even longer. But it just goes, I mean, and again, you see these things coming and um, it's it's just like watching a, a slow train wreck, really. So, you know, this, uh, this CEO say, you know, when he, we saw him say that um, yeah, we understand it was the, the, the displays, which from what I understand, like I said, even though I don't go in, they were at the front of the store. So you couldn't even get a child into the store, even if you were going in for, you know, something normal without being exposed to that. So number one, shame on them for that. So what they did because of the immediate backlash, well, it wasn't immediate, but because of the backlash is they moved the displays further back in the store, and then they started weeding out some of the really disgusting stuff. Um, and the CEO said that um, things improved. They they saw things normalize, is the way they put it, um, as they uh, as they made some of these changes. So this guy is a clown. He's not speaking the truth. He's still spinning. And back to these serious numbers I talked about, uh, along with the ones I already threw out as far as declining sales. Target's market value was $74 billion before 
this stuff was um, was put out in the front of the stores and and especially the new disgusting stuff, even more disgusting. It was seventy four billion dollars. It's at fifty seven point seven billion. You're talking about sixteen point three billion dollars in market share erased for the shareholder. Can you say lawsuit? Because that's what's coming. And it's going to be more than one. Um, so I actually talked with a portfolio manager the other day. He called me um, and we had the discussion. They're starting to um, to get their ducks in line for it. So um, these, these companies are going to start getting exactly what they deserve. I should say the people that are running these companies and... Uh, you know, whether it's CEOs, CFOs, COOs, management team, marketing people, board of directors, uh, I don't care who it is, but they're all going to start to uh, get what they deserve, I hope. We see all this. We saw it with Bud Light, of course, and then Target and Disney. And so what happens? We see that Skittles Candy is now facing a backlash from consumers because they changed their packaging of their candy, black trans lives matter and other um, woke, even though I hate that word, but woke approach to uh, their packaging. This, I mean, I know adults eat Skittles too, but look, I mean, this is, these are kids. It's just a sickness. It's, it's a sickness and, I mean, thank goodness it, we see this pushback. You know, Skittles is a product from the Wrigley Company, you know, Wrigley Gum, um, which is a division of Mars, which is a massive international company. Um, and what, what do they say? It's Skittles. We've given up our rainbow so that the LGBT alphabet soup community can share theirs. These people are brain dead. They are brain dead. And, you know, apparently they're going to continue to collaborate, or at least until the point again where they hopefully they get sued and lose their jobs and uh, are punished uh, financially. So it, it, that's an update on just a couple of those uh, companies that we've talked about um, in the past. Um, you hear, you know, some of the uh, heirs of the. Anheuser-Busch family, I think it was Billy Bush saying that if he had the opportunity, if they offered, he'd buy it back. Um, I don't know, obviously, if that's going to happen because, and it, why would you want it back? That, that's that's the other question because people are saying that the um, the Bud Light patrons are gone for good. This isn't just a little time out, and we're going to tell. Bud like to sit in the corner with its dunce hat. The, a lot of folks are saying that those beer drinkers have already made a change and they're not going to change. So you have to wonder why would you want the company? And as I've mentioned so many times, who gets hurt in all this uh, all this nonsense and um, and y- you know all of these really foolish decisions? Just think if you're you know Bud Light distributor, have warehouses, trucks. I mean, what does that do? We know people are losing their jobs. It's already been announced. So, but they don't care. They don't care about that. They don't care about the hard worker, you know, the blue and gray collar guys and girls that are out there, you, you know, keeping the country going. So um, we'll see if, uh, if in fact, any of it does come back, if there's any ownership change, if there's any accountability um, at the executive level, because we sure haven't seen it yet other than a couple people kind of get put out to pasture. But I bet you they were protected wherever they went. Um, also an update on uh, one of the biggest crooks of uh, modern times, Sam Bankman-Fried. He, um, if you don't remember that name, he was the founder of FTX, former billionaire. And um, he's now being held at a federal detention center in Brooklyn after a judge revoked his $250 million bond last week because new charges 
have come uh, that superseded the indictment of funneling more than $100 million into U.S. politics to influence legislation. Imagine that. So Bankman Freed, um, again, who uh, founded and uh, controlled the cryptocurrency exchange FTX.com and the cryptocurrency trading firm Alameda Research, was is alleged to have misappropriated and embezzled money from customers, used billions of dollars in stolen funds for a variety of purposes, including, among other things, to enrich himself. Oh, and help fund over, as I said, a $100 million campaign contribution strategy to Democrats and Republicans to influence regulation, as I mentioned. So I think 95% of that went to uh, Democrats, but it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or if you're a Republican, if you haven't returned that money so that the customers of FTX.com can rightfully uh, reclaim it, you're a bigger piece of uh, trash than what maybe some folks thought originally. It's, it's dirty money. And I know you're in politics, which is dirty, and excuses are made, and you know bumper stickers are created, but that's not your money. It was stolen, and you need to give it back. Again, I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat. It's more embarrassing for me if you are a Republican and you claim Republican values and conservative, uh, you know, moral and fiscal conservative values. Give the money back. It's not yours. I mean, this is a guy who's just a pig stealing money. You know, he's a slob. Who? How do you get out on $250 million bond? Jeez. I mean, I know his parents were putting up houses and all kinds of other stuff, but, man, that's a lot of money. Um, but anyway, uh, hopefully it's just like with Sequoia Capital and with other um, Koch brothers, whoever it is, with your dirty money. Um, you know, we need to be aware of that and call them out on it because um, it, it, it hurts all of us. And it especially hurts the most vulnerable when it comes to the political decisions they make or don't make. So a couple weeks ago, uh, as a country, we were totally embarrassed as um, Fitch ratings agency downgraded us from our AAA rating to AA+. They also warned the beginning of this week that they may start to cut credit ratings of more than a dozen banks. And I'm talking about some big banks, <laughs> like the J.P. Morgan Chases, the Bank of Americas, etc. So, um, like I said, this could be coming. And I'll, I'll have to um, also say that I'm, I'm happily surprised with Fitch for doing the right thing. Because it's hard to step out and say, hey, we're going to lower the United States of America's uh, credit rating. But you know what? If we go back to 2007, 2008, 2009, we learned the hard way during the real estate bubble that with um, the derivatives and all the ugly uh, things that were put together by Wall Street and then blessed by the Moody's and, um, you know, Standard and Poor's and everybody else that would have the opportunity to throw a rating somewhere, um, they were doing the wrong thing. So it's, uh, like I said, it's pleasant to see Fitch, even though they're telling us what we don't want to hear, um, I'm glad they're doing it because um, it, it needs to be done, obviously. And... Um, and I'm, I'm happy to, to, to hear about it. And obviously that hopefully will get the, um, the politicians in the right mindset is, hey, yeah, we do need to stop spending so much and creating so much debt and printing so much money. And speaking of debt, 
um, even though the administration's trying to uh, push this student loan debt forgiveness again, um, the pause is supposed to be lifted in October. And some people are worried that once these student loan repayments resume, a lot of young people are going to find it harder to dig themselves out of the credit card debt that they already have. So um, that's something that we're going to keep an eye on as well. Uh, I think 18 to 29-year-olds had the highest credit card delinquency rates in the second quarter of this year. That was according to the Federal Reserve Bank of uh, New York. So you're talking because of the Fed doing such a terrible job with inflation and being so late to the party and then aggressively cranking interest rates up. You've got credit card rates on, I think the average is like 20%. Some are higher than that, obviously, because that's the average. So you've already got young people. I mean, this is just the one study I saw by Quicken. Um, This inflation has hammered everybody. But this in particular, this report by Quicken was saying that young people are using credit cards just to make ends meet. And once they have to start paying that um, student loan bill again, it what are they going to do, right? That's the uh, the big question. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Uh, when I come back, some economic data. Also, I want to have a sidebar with you real quick on uh, something called the Durban Accords. I'm not sure if you know what that is. Um, I've known about it for some time. It's right around the corner. It's going to happen on uh, August 22nd next week. So, um, again, I just want to give you um, just a quick overview of what that is and how it may uh, impact us here in the United States. Some people don't drive trucks Some people don't wear boots And put them on before the sun comes up Some people don't like ink Some people don't bow their head For a plate full of food in front of them And I ain't one of them yet Billy from Tri-County Pump Service here with some exciting news. Introducing new savings on our water treatment maintenance. Are you looking for exceptional service with competitive pricing on your water treatment system? Call our friendly staff so we can help you. No matter if you have city or well water, we can improve the smell, taste, hardness, pH, and quality of your water. We have options and offer free water analysis and estimates. Call 301-432-0330 or visit us at tricountypumps.com today. Major phone carriers make you sign contracts with rigid data plans to trap you into a kind of forced phonogamy. Sounds pretty insecure if you ask me. At Consumer Cellular, we believe in a more consensual and healthy form of phonogamy, free of contracts and more flexible to your data needs. This way, you stick around not because we force you to with contracts and fees, but because you love our phone plans. Like, ardently love our phone plans. Phonogamously. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Fulfilling your local appetite for news and talk. Is someone hungry? 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, sorry about that, the uh, music didn't boot up for you. Um, as I mentioned right before the, uh, the, the, the break there, a couple pieces of economic data. One, retail sales uh, for July were up more than expected. So that was a good thing. They were up uh, seven-tenths of one percent. Um, Amazon... Prime Day that happened, uh, I think, in the middle of July, really helped uh, the overall number from what I could see. So that was uh, that was obviously a positive. Um, also, we got the minutes from the FOMC meeting uh, that happened last month, and um, it just spooked the market a little bit because it showed that the uh, Federal Reserve officials were kind of saying, we don't know if we're out of the woods yet. Um, and, um, and like I said, that was a, a little worrisome for the markets, on top of some of the ugly 
economic data uh, that's been coming out of China. So that's paid attention to closely because that's the second uh, largest economy in the world, only behind ours. So um, that's kind of what was impacting uh, the economic uh, landscape, if you will, and the financial landscape with the trading last week, uh, with it being lower. So what's happening um, on August 22nd? It's called the Durban Accords. There's an acronym I'll give you if you're not familiar. Uh, it's BRICS, B-R-I-C-S, okay? That stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. So these countries are meeting at the uh, Durban Accords, and they're going to talk about global trade um, and not using the U.S. dollar. So that has been a phenomenal benefit for us since the end of the Second World War, that uh, when things are done around the world, they're settled in dollars. Uh, Obviously, we're the reserve currency of the world. But because of these terrible politicians and all of their spending, wasteful, unnecessary spending, stealing, money laundering, um, pet projects, paying off uh, donors, whatever it is, you know, we've got over $30 trillion in debt um, and you've got these high interest rates. The Treasury Department is printing more money. Well, these countries on the outside are looking in saying, you know what, you guys aren't as strong as you used to be. This hurts us even more. Um because we get the short straw from the very beginning, but it's getting worse. So we're going to uh, come up with an alternative to the U.S. dollar as far as trade goes. And that's what we're going to learn a whole lot more about next week. And um, I don't know how in-depth they're going to be with uh, what they announce. They're going to talk about a currency that's backed by something, some type of commodity whether it's gold or oil or you fill in the blank, so that they've got that stability there and they can be the alternative currency. We're already seeing some of these uh, trade deals being done. China and Russia, for example, um, are already doing it, and um, they're looking to broaden their impact and their footprint. So actually that's one of the things I want to talk to um, our guest on the other side of the news break about Mr. Simon uh, Hankinson and see uh, what we're going to talk about Latin America and obviously some of those countries down there being involved in this with Russia and China, um, new bedfellows, if you will. But stay tuned because I think that's going to be extremely interesting. Um, I mean, I've known about it. A lot of people don't. They don't know about BRICS um, and what they've been working on. We're going to find out, it sounds like uh, full-fledged, or at least close to it, uh, what the intentions are and how far along they are uh, next week. So uh, stay tuned for that. And we'll be back on the other side of the break. This is 930 WFMD and WFMD.com. Now, WFMD News. Frederick Community College has a student body of over 14,000 students, including more than just post-high school learners. Provost Ann Davis said there is something for everybody at FCC. We offer a wide range of types of programming. So... Our programming includes degrees and certificates that lead to, you know, credit credit programs leading to degrees and certificates, short-term credentials, workforce training, continuing education, and dual enrollment. She said there are three main reasons why Frederick Community College is a good choice. Community colleges offer a great value. Um, we offer access and support. And We are responsive to our community. FCC begins the school year this weekend and will debut several new programs that partner well with the Frederick community. Two rabies vaccination clinics will be hosted by the Frederick County Health Department this fall. The first clinic will be held on Sunday, September 24th at the Thermont Community Park. 
and the second clinic will happen on Sunday, October 22nd at Brunswick Park. The clinics will run from 12.30 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. Each vaccination costs $10. Accepted payment types are limited to cash and check. Credit and debit cards will not be accepted. Dogs, cats, and ferrets must be at least 12 weeks old to receive a vaccine. According to health department officials, rabies has nearly a 100% mortality rate once an animal or human sees symptoms. The Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration will begin two projects to repair concrete bridge decks on the I-70 bridge over Harmony Road and the I-270 bridge over Baker Valley Road in Frederick County beginning Sunday, August 20th. Both bridge deck improvement projects should be completed by the first week of September. I'm Braden Wynell on Mid-Maryland's Radio News Center, 930 WFMD. News. I'm Pam Puso. Heavy rain and lots of it. Hurricane Hillary is expected to drench parts of the southwest in the coming days. Prepare to shelter in place during the storm. Make sure that your phone and other devices are fully charged in case the power goes out and make sure the batteries on your flashlight are working. San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria. The federal government is on the ground in Hawaii picking up the pieces in the aftermath of a devastating wildfire. We have more than a thousand federal responders, including 350 search and rescue team members and canine teams deployed in Hawaii in support to residents in their greatest time of need. Marcus Coleman is with FEMA. The number of dead now at 114. Many people are still missing on Maui. America's listening to Fox News. The 930 WFMD Skyscan forecast for Frederick and surrounding counties. As we head into the day, sunny with a high near 86, unlike northwest wind. Saturday night, mostly clear with a low around 61, unlike northwest winds around 6 miles per hour, becoming calm in the evening. Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 93, and west winds 5 to 7 miles per hour. Sunday night, mostly clear with a low around 68, and calm wind. PJ's Roofing. When it comes to your roof, they've got you covered. Visit pjsroofing.com. I'm Dan Sutton. 930 WFMD with a Fox Sports update. From the Fox Sports studios in Los Angeles. Here's Kevin Figgins. Left Coast Major League Baseball Friday night. Miami steamrolled the Dodgers 11-3 as Jorge Soler hit two home runs. That snaps an 11-game win streak for Los Angeles. Shohei Otani hit a grand slam for the Angels, his Major League leading 43rd long ball of the season. But it was Tampa Bay coming away with a 9-6 win in extra innings. Gunnar Henderson hit his 20th home run of the year in a 9-4 Baltimore win over Oakland. So the Orioles maintain a two-game lead over Tampa in the AL East. The Padres shut out Arizona. Four nothing. One night after recording five hits, Julio Rodriguez got four hits, including a home run and a two nothing Seattle victory over Houston. The Mariners now have a half game lead over Toronto for the final AL wild card spot after the Blue Jays lost to Cincinnati one nothing. Two NFL preseason matchups on Friday: Daniel Jones eight of nine passing with a touchdown and a Giants win over Carolina. Falcons rookie Bijan Robinson had four carries for twenty yards in what was a thirteen to thirteen tie with Cincinnati. Now at wfmd.com, click the. Pod- podcast section and enter the WFMD audio vault where on demand you'll find a daily newscast to keep you current daily highlights from the morning news express and selected broadcasts from mid maryland live listen on the four state focused podcast to our town hall business forum a service of mccaskill financial and manpower of frederick our weekly local sports interviews and other weekend programs the WFMD audio vault a service of hotsopple heating and air conditioning at wfmd.com Fox on set. Agriculture is the backbone of the American economy and one of our most critical industries. Yet farmers across the country are facing a host of challenges from labor shortages to rising costs from everything from seed to fuel. To overcome these problems and maintain their viability, farmers are looking to innovative solutions. One of those potential solutions, autonomous farm equipment. As Agco GM and Senior VP Brad Arnold explains. Ultimately, the farmer wants a great outcome from every task. And it's the automation that improves the the outcome of those tasks that goes along with the autonomy that makes it such a game changer. It makes farming more efficient and creates less of a demand on labor when the industry is currently struggling. Agco has had to hire software and robotics engineers to build out their fleet of autonomous vehicles. Agco has a goal to have an entirely autonomous fleet of farm vehicles by 2030. With Fox on Tech, I'm Madison Allworth, Fox Business. 
It's your financial editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. You can grab it there. Uh, Thanks so much for being with us. As I mentioned at the top of the show, hope your weekend's going well. Um, Interesting uh, discussion this morning. You know, we like to spread things out, talk about all the issues that impact the United States of America and our economy, our financial markets, our political landscape. Uh, Joining me today. Uh, my guest, Mr. Simon Hankinson. Uh, he's a senior research fellow in the Border Security and Immigration Center at the Heritage Foundation. He was a foreign service officer serving in India, Fiji, Ghana, Slovakia, and other uh, areas prior to entering the State Department. Um, he was also a lawyer in London and um, has various degrees. And what caught my attention is, you know, we're. The Heritage Foundation has been a friend of the program for many, many, many years. I've been doing this. Well, shoot, we're coming up on our 26-year anniversary. And um, they're an excellent contributor because they, uh, they talk truth. And that's what we need to hear and read and understand. So um, Simon wrote an article earlier this week, Latin America needs a wake-up call. And I knew it would be perfect for a discussion uh, because not many people were talking about that. So uh, having said that, uh, Simon, welcome to the program. It's great to be with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Looking forward to this. And, uh, you know, if you will, just give us an overview. Uh, I guess before we get started, because of being um, in the Border Security and Immigration Center, uh, Laura Reese uh, has joined us many times, one of your colleagues, and we'd like to get an update on your professional opinion on um, what's going on. We'll start with our southern border and then also just an overview of what you think's going on up north at the northern border. Sure. Uh, well, the, the southern border continues to be uh, a, a complete train wreck, but a deliberate one by the Biden administration that's essentially uh, stopped enforcement. Um, they, they've dismantled everything that was working under previous administrations, not just Trump. Uh, and they're doing their best to put all the resources into processing people in as fast as possible and moving them to places like New York and Chicago and L.A. and Washington, D.C. Um, and you can see the results you know, out your window if you live if you live where I live. Uh, and the numbers, you know, there, there was a little bit of a lull. Uh, they went, they appeared to go down um, a, a couple of months ago because they were using this uh, CBP-1, this phone app, basically to channel illegal immigrants through um, what they call lawful pathways, but are in fact completely unlawful. They just uh, either parole them. Uh, which is, and I could go on at length, it's a bogus process, or they just release them on their own recognizance, like, you know, without this sort of bail um, in, in what they call, uh, what are called removal proceedings. But these proceedings are so backed up um, because it, theoretically they're all supposed to claim asylum, and uh, that system is, you know, 10, 12 million now uh, in a backlog. They're going to be do, hanging around working for you know, a decade, uh, possibly, before anything happens, and the chances of their being deported are almost zero. Yeah, and and, and again, unfortunately, that's uh, there's not a whole lot of new news there because this has been going on and the same story is is being told and the same type of updates uh so it is very disheartening and of course extremely dangerous um so that's the the scary side of it um what about the northern border do we uh you know do we have any serious problems up north well I mean, the northern border doesn't get as much news coverage because the numbers just aren't so staggering. You're not looking at you know millions of people a year crossing over the the Rio Grande and and coming into the country, um, but it is incredibly long. Um, I, I couldn't tell you the exact length, but we're talking thousands of miles. And in most places, it's completely unguarded. I mean, I've I've been up there many times uh, uh, to the north of, of Vermont in, into Canada. And so the numbers there are going up dramatically, but of course, even after doubling, quadrupling, the, the quantity isn't as much as in the South. But the, the thing is, 
the people who are surrendering to customs and saying, you know, go ahead, take me in because they know they're going to be released, they, they're very likely not to have any records. They don't have anything to hide. Um, they may not give us our, their real names, and maybe they do have a criminal record, but we don't know for sure. If you really wanted to get in, uh, if you're an MS-13 gangster or a Chinese spy or a terrorist, uh, you're, you're not going to surrender to Border Patrol. You're just going to come in. You're going to be what they call a gotaway. You're going to sneak in. So you could try the southern border if you're coming from Latin America, or you could just fly into Canada and come from there. So uh, you know, we've had over 10,000 Chinese nationals uh, get into the country in the last year, I believe. It was like... Well, 1,200 maybe last year. So it's a massive increase. Um, and, and there are going to be a lot of people coming over the northern border that we don't want. Yeah, and that's just, uh, it's so scary because, like I said, the security issue, um, I mean, the first thing that I wish would happen if I had a magic wand would be to secure our borders, and then second, to stop all the uh, the crazy spending that's going on that obviously has led to a, uh, a, a downgrade by one of the major rating companies. So, you know, I appreciate you uh, answering and giving us uh, your take on those two borders, and it begs the question to you personally, because I saw in your bio that you're originally from London, England, and you did everything the right way. So as a legal uh, immigrant and and doing everything properly, um, does that make it worse for you to see what's going on? Yeah, I mean, I spent, I was in the Foreign Service for 23 years, and about half that time I was doing consular work, and about maybe four years, five years, I was doing visa interviews. I've probably done over 100,000. I was in Union Station today, um, and there was a guy there, and I just could tell he was asking me a question. I could tell by his accent he was Ghanaian, so I just got chatting with him, and it turns out he comes from Accra, where I served three years. I did an awful lot of visa interviews at that time, and most of the people who applied didn't qualify. They were perfectly nice people, but they knew and I knew that they were coming here to work. Um, then there were other people that I gave visas to because they had family here and they uh, were able to get an immigrant visa legally or they won the, the visa lottery and they qualified by being educated and you know ready to come and work. So we have a legal immigration system. It brings in about a million people a year. Uh, it's fair. It, it has uh, some vetting to make sure that they're you know healthy and that they're not criminals or terrorists. Um, and if Congress wants to raise that number or lower it, then they absolutely can, and that's why we, we vote for our members of Congress. But what's happening now is is a complete mockery of the legal system. So all the people who are waiting in line, they're people from the Philippines or India or Mexico, been waiting for 25 years to get their visa because of our system, and it has country caps. And, and yet all you have to do is just rock up to the border, uh, surrender, and then you'll be paroled or released in, in most cases, and then off you go. You can get a work permit in a matter of months, and it's it's like getting a visa, but you don't pay anything at all. So it seems grossly unfair to me um, and grossly unfair to all of the legal immigrants living here and those waiting their turn outside. I can't imagine. I mean, it, it, it angers me, and, you know, I didn't have to – I don't – I didn't have to do it, but it just seems so blatantly unfair. Um, it, it's I don't know. It's it's hard to process. That's why I wanted to ask your opinion and you know get your take on it. Um, so you mentioned a couple minutes ago about the phone app and something that I've never been able to get a. a I mean, I haven't asked a question a lot, but I, do you know that on that app that these people have, if they can. Um, be contacted for various things by whoever's monitoring the app in this administration? Um, I'm not sure what you mean. Uh, you, can you they mean? get a message? Like, so say I'm, I'm a, a, you know, I'm an immigrant, I get a phone and there's an app on it. And um, it, can I hear from the administration? Can they like call me or text me? Well, I haven't used it, but I'm sure that there's a two-way communication because obviously you would have to get an approval. So you, you go onto the app. It used to be used. It was designed for making it easier to get legal traffic across the border, like trucks and people coming to work in the U.S. from Mexico, you know, people who go back and forth every day. So there would have to be a two-way street where you put in your information and then you get a signal back saying, you know, do this, do that. And then I would imagine you would have to put in your cell phone number and your email address and contact information which then would go into a CBP database, which if they wanted to use it, they could certainly use. Okay, so that's my 
that that's that's what bothers me so much when I started thinking about this a little deeper about a year and a half ago is that if the administration is doing this for political gain, which they obviously are, in my opinion, it's it's crystal clear, then that means that they're going to have communication with all the people that they've let in. Um, obviously, they're going to be have a soft heart for this current administration because of that. And I would it it makes me uh, fearful that they can be told where to go, how to vote, if you're going to protest or whatever it may be. It just seems like that's a pretty powerful tool to for an illegal immigrant to have in their hand. Well, it is. And, and I'll tell you, we, we were going to talk about Latin America. And, I, and when you look at the history of Latin American countries, there's one sort of theme that runs through it, and that's, uh, an experiment in, in terrible government on both right and left. But both do the same thing, which is they always want to promise candy. They want to open up the pinata to everybody. You get uh, in, in Venezuela, you pay like two cents a gallon for gas. Why? Because it buys popularity and it buys votes. And what else does it do? It completely destroys the economy. The same with Bolivia and, it, and its gas subsidies. So when you have leftists, uh, in power, handing out candy, then it, look, look at uh, President Biden with his student loans. He, he was trying to give away billions of taxpayer dollars to people who borrowed money. Now, some of them may be in dire straits or they may have borrowed from you know crooked uh, colleges that aren't really colleges, but the vast majority took out legitimate loans, just like I did to buy a car or you might have to, to buy a house, um, which they were expected to pay back, which were at reasonable terms. And if they, they got a degree in gender studies and now they're working in Starbucks, you know, that, that's not my problem. But this is something that we're seeing in the U.S. now that, that has been a problem for Latin America. Yeah, exactly. And then, like you said, it's just uh, buying votes. That's that's all it is. Um, we saw that uh, before the last uh, the midterms last year and along with the leak from the Supreme Court on uh, Roe v. Wade. And we are going to talk about Latin America. I didn't mean to go down the, uh, the the wrong trailer. I just wanted to get your expert opinion on things. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk, uh, continue to talk with our guest, Mr. Simon Hankinson. And um, again, what's going on in Latin America and why in the heck does it matter to us? Tired of playing the thermostat game? One room, always too cold or just a little too hot? But getting it just right only takes one call. At Marcool Heating and Cooling, we believe in whole home comfort. So everyone is comfortable in every room. Make sure your system is running at peak performance. Visit our website at MarcoolHVAC.com. That's Marcool with a K. Proudly serving Frederick and surrounding counties with Carrier. Turn to the experts. MarcoolHVAC.com. We do the right thing. Go with your gut. Your dog's immune system is based in the gut. A diet lacking in nutrients can cause itching, scratching, and a weak immune system. However, there is a solution. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E. Dinovite. It took a grand total of two weeks. The dog stopped itching. The hair stopped falling out. Try Dinovite for free. Just pay shipping and handling. Learn more at Dinovite.com slash radio. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dinovite. From atop South Mountain and down the Monocacy Valley, we're here for you. 930 WFMD and WFMD.com. Now sleep till! Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcast. Uh, I I snuck that in there for you. No sleep till Brooklyn. Remember earlier in the program, I talked to you about the dirtbag Sam uh, Bankman-Fried, who is uh, being held in detention up there, thank goodness, because of new charges this past week of uh, money laundering, basically, and using money to influence uh, those 
in uh, in politics in the House and the Senate. So uh, we'll keep a, an eye on that, let you know how it all plays out. Continuing our conversation with our guest, Mr. Simon Hankinson, Senior Research Fellow in the Border Security and Immigration Center at the Heritage Foundation and what fine work they do. Go to heritage.org and um, check out all of their uh, all of that work that I just mentioned. So, uh, Simon, you wrote the piece, Latin America Needs a Wake-Up Call. You started to give us, you know, a little bit of insight as to the corruption there. Um, how bad is it, and why does it matter to uh, the Americans listening to this program? Well, it's it's pretty bad. Um, uh, overall, corruption, and, and I would say alerts to the left, have been uh, the banes of Latin America, unfortunately, for a very long time, but it, it just seems to be getting worse in, in the last few years. And it has a massive impact on us. If you, if you look at the history of American immigration, we've always had a certain amount of illegal immigration at the border. Um, we get also people who come on visas and overstay uh, to the tune of maybe half a million a year. Um, but the, the immigration problem from the border was mainly people from Mexico for, for you know a century in fairly reasonable, smaller numbers, I should say. Um, and then maybe from Central America, Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, now we're looking at people from 120 countries, I think, at last count, uh, Africa, Asia, uh, all over the world. But they're coming in through Latin American countries. They're flying into Cancun or they're going to uh, Venezuela, Colombia. They're coming through the Darien Gap in unheard of numbers. Um, the collapse of the Venezuelan uh, economy, thanks to Chavez and Maduro and their, their brilliant uh, communist policies, has, has forced 7 million people to leave, and uh, a substantial portion of them uh, are, are heading our way. So we're, we're seeing the results of bad governments in Latin America and the Caribbean on our borders every day. And uh, the impact is, uh, it, there's multiple impacts, right? We, I mean, uh, the worst that I, uh, I guess I worry myself about so much is the crime, um, and the bad people that are coming, but um, also you have the, um, the 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 fiscal weight that comes with all of that because of uh, having to uh, provide and support these people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the studies that, that I find credible show that, on balance, the the higher educated immigrants with job skills able to work contribute to the economy if they're here for a long period of time legal immigrants, um, and the uneducated tend to draw more out of federal benefits and, and state and local benefits writ large than they contribute. So if the bulk of the people who are coming are low-skilled uh, laborers, then we're going to be looking at a, a massive fiscal drain. And on the crime, uh, it, it is terrifying. We're, we've got over 1.5 million gotaways, people who've gotten in the country. I'm not talking about just the ones who were caught, fingerprinted, and released. We don't know anything about them if they give us a false name um, other than what we have in our own records. I'm talking about the people who never even saw a U.S. official and just disappeared. They caught a guy uh, last week. It was an MS-13 member with a pretty scary record. Uh, he was in a railroad car, I think. You know, he was just trying to sneak his way back home. People have uh, their their roots, their families, their you know girlfriends, their businesses, or whatever they want to get back to. So if they're deported, uh, it used to be reasonably hard to get back in, and now it's incredibly easy, as we spoke, over the northern border or the southern. So, you know, every month I suspect we're seeing uh, thousands of people, uh, but probably hundreds of, of convicted criminals able to slip easily by and get back to work. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking um, in your article, uh, Latin America Needs a Wake-Up Call. And again, folks, you can go to heritage.org and, and uh, read that. It's about a four-minute read. Um you know, you talk about Russia and China. We see the meddling more and more of uh, these countries and uh, what they're doing together, basically kind of teaming up against the United States. I mentioned to people about the uh, Durban Accords. It's going to take place on August 22nd, where they're going to probably unveil um, the BRIC companies, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, some type of um, uh, alternative to the U.S. dollar as far as trade and settlement goes. Um, so how big of an issue are China and Russia and some of the other adversaries that we have? Uh, they're big and they're growing. You know that expression, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. 
uh, you know, China and Russia have no real love for each other um, or Iran. But when it comes to the United States, they're all happy to cooperate uh, and, and stick it to us. Now, China's doing it for mostly economic gain, um, but they're very happy to see uh, collateral damage of, of worsening U.S. relations with the countries that, that they go into. Uh, the Russians have never uh, given up a chance to stick it to us when they can. Um, and the Iranians are are sworn enemies. I mean, they have they have tried to uh, kill Americans and, and undermine us in every way possible, um, you know, going back to the 1950s. So uh, what you're seeing in Latin America is, is the Chinese buying up strategic uh, ports, telecommunications, space infrastructure, power generation, finance. Um, you're seeing Russian interference in elections. They're very good at social media disinformation. Um, and the Iranians have their hands in uh, not only economic issues, but all kinds of, of uh, illicit drugs, money, uh, and armed groups. So what is our State Department doing? I guess it really falls in Blinken's lap as far as, you know, trying to um, represent the, the country and obviously, you know, whatever Biden's going to say, but, you know, w- making sure that he's ahead of all this, which it doesn't seem that he is. Well, you know, I don't want to beat up on my my former agency too much. I I think that the State Department tends to, well, it does what it's told to do. So uh, it it has, I think, a natural leftist bent. Um, That is to say, uh, probably the majority of the the staff are are left to center. But, you know, if they're told to do something by a, a conservative president, they they typically will do their best to do it. Um, the problem with this administration in Latin America is that I don't think they quite know what they want to do. Um, Biden's sympathetic, I think, as, as a Democrat to uh, socialists in general. So he's more willing to sit down with the Colombian president, say, um, and con- congratulate him on making a deal with the uh, ELN and the FARC. Uh, whereas maybe a conservative president might say, wait a minute, I mean, what are you doing? These have been your, your enemies for, you know, 20 years and they've destroyed your country. Um, and then I think, and this is marginal, but the, the emphasis of this, uh, uh, State Department's public diplomacy is, has gone, you know, hard woke. Um, and they're spending money on, on programs and they're looking at everything through this, uh, lens of, of domestic craziness that just doesn't translate well in, in Latin America. And I think probably makes us as many enemies as friends. Yeah. It, and that's, uh, that's unfortunate because, um, it, it really is. It seems to be dragging the country, uh, down, you know, down the sewer, uh, and uh, we just don't have any good representation. My um, guest this morning has been Mr. Simon Hankinson, uh, and uh, he is a senior research fellow in the Border Security and Immigration Center at the Heritage Foundation. Excellent article, the latest one he's penned, I believe. It's called Latin America Needs a Wake-Up Call. Go to heritage.org and read it. Um, you'll benefit a lot from it. Simon, look forward to talking with you in the future. Uh, Me too. That's been a pleasure. Thank you. Okay, great. Uh, Thank you, and have a great weekend. Um, We're out of time. We could really uh, have Simon expand on a lot of other things, and... uh and that's what we're going to do in the future, because, uh, like I said, Heritage is one of the friends of the program for many, many, many years. And um, we want to get you the uh, truth and accuracy as to what's going on out there. So um, but that does it for us. I'll talk with you on the Morning News Express, 550, 650, 750 every weekday morning, live updates with uh, Bob and Chris now. Uh, Chris, a new guy in the driver's seat uh, on the board. And then we'll be back uh, for another edition of the Your Financial Editor program. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. Yeah, you know what can Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com, a service of Holtzapel Heating and Air Conditioning. News Radio 930, WFMD Frederick. A connoisseur media radio station. 7 o'clock.